Hey Warriors, and welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. I hope you had a great week. Um, mine wasn't too bad. Uh, I still haven't <laughs> fixed our AC, so um, that's one thing. I'm glad it's been cooler. However, we do have a few hot days coming. I mean, it's not going to be terribly hot, but it might get a little warm in here. So I don't know what they're going to do. I just think they kind of like basically stepping back because we're leaving not this week, but next week. Which is still in prayer. Uh, we have all the moving stuff. You know, what, how we're going to move is going to... It's all set up. You know, we have a plan to when we're going to leave. However, we still don't have a house to rent. We do have s someone we could stay with out there until things work out. But we really, 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 really are hoping for a clarity of which house to pick. Uh, some of the... Like I said, the management places that weren't that positive. Like, it was kind of I, I just I just don't want to take such a big chance of some of these management companies and the realtor lady is working hard she's trying to help us out so that's all good too so that being said I will most likely be able to do my podcast next Monday but the next the following Monday I will not because I will be one I'll be one driving to won't have access to my computer three don't really want to use my phone that way because it's different and i i think it'd be better if i just wait instead of trying to stress it out uh but if anything i will put an announcement in the facebook page and the discord about if i can't do it the following after that week because everything is going to be dependent that we can actually find a place to rent get our pod out there because sometimes the pod could take a week so even if we were to say it may not get there in time at all for us to even consider the fact to uh set up you know the computer room and whatever so there's, there's a lot of prayer requests and all the pieces coming together right now so be patient if you don't hear from me um following next monday for a couple of mondays it's not that anything is necessarily wrong it's just that i don't have access to my setup so you can pray for us during that time um you know i'll still be able to communicate in discord because i'll have my phone but that's mostly what i'll be able to do for right now uh so i'm excited just pray that things work out so this is going to be our last episode for the beatitudes um, this one, I'm, I'm just going to title the Beatitudes Persecution Gospel. So one of the things is last week we talked about persecution. However, this specifically is more about understanding the gospel message in some ways. It, it's understanding kind of the attitudes that we've been seeing in today's culture, especially from the world through us teaching the truth and even fellow Christians. It's, 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 it's an interesting time frame that we live in, and yet there is an important value of understanding the difference of persecution doesn't always have to mean dying, okay? Um, you know, we, we're hearing about what's going on with Israel and the Palestines and the Hamas and all that. I am not, I'm not one of those guys that's going to be running around, you know, we got to stand up for Israel and we got to speak it out and put it out there. However, I do, I support Israel because I support God. 
and God has declared them his people, and he has made many promises in the Old Testament for his people. So I am going, I'm a Bible believer of God, and so I will automatically will support Israel. However, we need to be praying for both sides because remember, it's not about who wins. It's about is, is Jesus being preached? Is the gospel message getting out there? Because those Hamas and Palestines and Islamic people need to know who Jesus really is. He's not just a prophet that was once there, a good man that was a good moral man. He was the son of God, the God, not Allah, but the God, the God of the Bible, the God of Israel. And they need to know that he died for them just as much. It's horrible what's going on, and it's saddening. We know, if you study your scriptures, we know that this war, its existence, the existence of this hate, is revealed because of Abraham not trusting God. He chose to make a deal with his wife, with the handmaiden, Versus saying, no, no, no. God said he's going to provide us a son or, you know, children. I will trust. And so Ishmael was born. And that's where, you know, the Palestine um, Muslim uh, culture comes from. And I look at it as because of the mistrust, there is now this, this enmity between Israel and them. Hate. And that's what we got to be praying for, that somehow Jesus will be able to reach Israel, those who don't believe that Jesus was the son of man, or son of God who was born man and lived a life that was blameless, and to those that you know follow this religion of Islam. We got to be praying for that. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Anyway, so as we continue... Um, this is going to sound kind of similar to last week, but at the same time, it's not supposed to be. But to clarify where I kind of saw a lot of, in, in my life, I would say the most volatile time frame was probably 2020, 2021, where, you know, the politic war between left and right and conservative and liberal but what bothered me more wasn't necessarily the whole like going after each other type of deal, which is going to happen because we're human and we make choices based on what we think is right, what we think is wrong. And we base it off of, you know, uh, personal feeling instead of understanding that why do people who lean to this liberal left view of life versus conservatism we, we got to understand it because the bible explains that we're going to we're going to be with people who are going to abuse both sides but the thing that bothered me the most and it mostly I saw it in 2021 was the blatant misuse of scripture to support agendas and ideologies how did we get to that point why are we so willing to jump on these bandwagons like BLM and the LGBTQ uh, communities and <clears throat> the preaching and teaching of love is all we need mindset, let alone like the new thought, the new age, the, you know, 
the ideologies that we see from Bethel and Hillsong and even Elevation Church, modalism, why, why relativism, why is all that being so accepted when there's people on like, like I hate saying the word side, but in my, you know, what I've been taught and what the scriptures say, don't support those views. But why is it that we have so many Christians jumping on that? There's a very high concern for our, our Christian church. Could it be fear? Is it bad teaching? Is it poor discipling? Honestly, I do think poor discipling is a huge part of this. Bad teaching comes from poor discipling. And the fear of not fitting in seems to be a really big deal today. Now, why now Why do Christians have to stand away from the world? Why can't we just be able to, you know, with them? And they'll use scriptures, you know... <laughs> You know, we're supposed to be at peace, so therefore, you know, this does not mean we're supposed to be like them and connect with them and, and work with them. Well, no, being at peace means you still follow the Lord. You do what you're supposed to be doing. However, you're not seeking out war against people. Like, you're not trying to cause chaos and turmoil. You're supposed to be speaking truth, and then people are going to maybe disagree with you, and that's okay. Because we're supposed to be staying alert. Not supposed to be going with the flow. We need to be aware, right? We're supposed to be paying attention as men. We're supposed to be paying attention to what is coming into our home, what is being taught to our kids, what's being taught to our members at our church. Because just because you're not the pastor of church does not mean that you are not staying aware and alert to the teachings that could be taught in your church. Because the best way to change a mindset of a community of a church is someone who comes in and starts teaching on the side or kind of has like their own study that they kind of do that seems to start putting doubt in people's minds because there's a lot of entrustment. We entrust the pastor to preach the truth. We entrust the Sunday school teacher is teaching our kids correctly. We entrust the youth pastor that he's training our children on. There's a lot of trust, but are you aware? Do you know and understand what the pastor's teaching? Are you understanding the Sunday school teacher and what they're trying to teach? You know, the one thing my parents always taught me was to, you know, really be aware of what you're being taught. Pay attention to what's being said. Because if you're not, that means you're one thing that's not happening is you're not going study. You're not learning or understanding what they're telling you by studying it up to say, Hey, boom, you know, this pastor used that verse, but I don't know, this verse doesn't seem right. And you can go and ask them, like, where did you get that? Why, why do you, why do you think that verse says that? And they, if they can go, Hey, you know, this is where I got it from. And you're like, oh, okay. Because maybe you don't understand something. Maybe you've been misinterpreting the scriptures wrong. And they're helping you clarify. But we need to also be in return paying attention. You know, because there's always like this running joke that, you know, a lot of times, you know, you're going to have that, you know, old, their older person in the church, you know, they're going to come up to you and say, Pastor, that's not what it says. Or, you know, is, is this really what you meant? 
and you know you you know they're always like you got to respect them and and, and know them because they know what they're talking about however the the question doesn't mean that you have to be old to be able to question that's not what that means you could be 18 years old and if you're studying the scriptures and you feel like the pastor is saying something wrong based on you actually literally studying it, not just reading it for yourself and interpreting it the way you think it means. But you go and you learn what it means, and then you're you're like, Pastor, this I don't get it because you said this, but when I was studying over here in this commentaries and so and so said this and and this is what has been interpreted before, why why are you saying something different? You see, that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's like the sharpening sword. That's the, the idea of, you know, studying together and working together and discipling and teaching and counseling. And like all of us are supposed to be intertwining. However, we've kind of built a whole church system where the pastor is the only one who could be 100% right and everybody else is just has to follow in line. And that's, that's very dangerous. Because everybody wants their pastor to be this high-level, well-known pastor that everybody loves because they love them. And it's become more of a show, more of what Paul said. You're not a follower of so-and-so. You're supposed to be a follower of Jesus. And then you have the other mindset. Why else is people getting so excited about joining these ideologies well because they feel like it gives them something to chase after something to basically do something that gives them some type of warrant value in this history and the culture it's it, it's a very dangerous mindset to have because this is why i keep challenging you guys to get into your scriptures even if it's like, I just, I don't want to, I'm bored, I, I don't like it. You still need to do it because the Holy Spirit is what we've been given. And he gives us understanding, discernment, and growth. And so you learn, not only from the Holy Spirit, but if you can find other Christians who also are walking in truth. Because they will be able to help you stay track you see um the one thing that i was kind of understanding what basically matthew 11 or 5 11 and 12 stood for is this blessed are th are you when others revile and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You see, this is specifically talking about people who are literally doing evil and unkind and vile things to people. And it doesn't always mean death. Because today looking at the idea of persecution we have things like social media social media is a weapon that people love to use to destroy and break down people we have like basically two sides going on we have people who are wanting these new ideologies and upgrades to theology 
you know, like I just what I have mentioned before, because it makes it fresh and new and modern, and it just seems to, to give people something to go for, or chase after, a value. Whether it's I feel more spiritual, or I, I found a spiritual walk, I could feel the Holy Spirit. There's the essence of of everything, and then you have the side of the old guard where it's just like no hymnal music and we got to dress nice and there's no emotion, no feeling involved. And as much as, you know, a lot of today, Chris is like, yeah, but you know, you can only find good preaching from the old guard concept. I would have to say, no, you don't only find it there. However, do you find good preaching? Yes, you could find good preaching. Can you find good preaching in the new ideology and upgrade theology? No, because the goal is not to teach from the Bible. However, we can't say that every church that is seems more modern or more open in the sense of like they're more into the community, they're involved and they're inviting people in, but they're preaching the truth. They're preaching about sin. They're they're preaching the scriptures. You can't say that because they're doing all this other stuff that they're missing, they're like they're not doing very well. That's why we need to stick with the old way. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like been seen because I was brought up in a Baptist school and church from like 97 to 2004, maybe, or three. I think it was three. And the whole concept of feeling... And that church was, we live in 1979 to 1990s, and that's how we're going to do church. And and people still dressed as if it was like the 80s, 70s of that type of church. They acted the same way. Because in their mind was fear. If they do anything else differently from that time frame... It's going to invite Satan into the school or church. It's going to change the music and it's going to become rock and roll, which then leads down the road to uh, bad, bad music. Oh, you're dancing? You know, no, because as soon as you wiggle too much, now you're taking in the Satan, Satan syrup and you're going to be all sexual. And the thing is, it's like, no, accountability, proper teaching, good discipling, is what will protect the church. Because if you start becoming too closed, right, too 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 locked up, nobody's going to be coming. Because you're not doing anything else. Our, our our life is not to protect the church from Satan because Satan's going to attack it no matter what. But if Satan doesn't have, if if Satan is not attacking the church because of how so-called secured it has become, because you haven't done anything else other than kind of lived in 1980, you know, you you've lived that world and you keep kind of trying to live like it's still like that. He knows you're not doing anything. You're not getting into the world. You're not reaching out to people. You're not making a difference because you still live in that bubble. And I had to learn because I really thought, you know, well, this has to be the only right way because, I mean, look at, you know, most of my friends, you know, they weren't getting in trouble, you know, like there was no problems in that sense. However, what happened, though, is it made me very um, 
almost closed-minded or locked so that when I went into the real world, I struggled. I had a lot of knowledge, but I didn't know how to apply it very well. So I struggled. No, 2 Timothy 3, 12 to 17 is something that came to mind. It says, Indeed, all who desire to live godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from you, from sorry, from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in, in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be completely or complete equipped for every good work. You see, this is why to me it's very important to have solid discipling. I will say the school I went to gave me solid discipling of understanding the scriptures but application is taking what you've learned and using it in the culture so in other words how do I live a life that's godly at home, at work, at church in the community how do I follow the rules when it, you know obey God in other words and stay faithful and, and watch my mouth and my words and my mind if I'm stuck in a worldly world job that is just constant you know it doesn't matter how innocent the job can be there's still people who are going to be of the world and they're going to have desire of the world they're going to try to influence you the thing is, when you stand up for it, and this is why from last week into this week, there is a similarity in understanding. I battled that guy who came in every day at work at U.S. Engineering, and he basically said, are you watching porn? Oh, you're watching porn. He would say it out loud. This is that form of persecution because his desire wasn't good. His desire was to be evil. His desire was to be vile towards me so that he can destroy my character, you know, try to make it look like I was doing something that I wasn't. And that's why he said it out loud, because he wanted everybody here. But then you're also going to have situations where it's in secret, in the quietness, using people that, who you thought trusted you, who you thought your friends and who you thought cared about you but they listened to this one person who was spreading more lies because it all goes down are you teaching the scriptures correctly because if we're walking firm in the faith people will not like us only Jesus can change a willing heart but when he changes it it is changed. So what is going on with people who are so easily being influenced by these, these, these deceivers and evil people? There's something that's not right in their walk is going to be my conclusion. Because if they knew me, they would have not thought the worst of me. And we see this a lot in churches. 
especially when a, a pastor fails, instead of saying, you know, I trusted you, you made a mistake, I forgive you, let's get you on track. It's more like, I trusted you, how dare you break that trust, and now we need to get you out. Because we need to find someone else who can do it. Because I think, like, everybody who is in the pastor position can't make any mistakes. Like, they just cannot make a mistake. But I would rather have a pastor who made a mistake, recognized it, repented of it, got right, made things right with the church, got reestablished in his position, than being kicked out because, like, our cool status has been ruined because of the pastor's mistake. However, pastors are put in a higher, um, you know, they are to be, um, sorry, my sinuses are really bad today. Um, they're placed in a position where they need to keep themselves in better lock of walking with the Lord. Like they have to be, uh, watching their character more often and they have to be more careful However, not every pastor is going to be have a perfect marriage, perfect family, perfect, you know, love. He's not always going to be in good mood, good attitude, and we need to recognize that <clears throat> our pastors struggle. And that means anybody in any position in the church, musicians, Sunday school teachers, other pastors, you know, uh, counselors that, you know, help with, you know, taking care of people, prayer prayer group people. They all have their struggles. They all have their problems. They all need prayer. They all need encouragement. They all need to have accountability. And you can't walk away from that. You know, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 20 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. So when we accepted Christ, the old things that, you know, because it says the old has passed away, behold, the new has come. We have become a new creation. We have been changed because we wanted to be changed. We asked Christ to change us because we repented of our sin and we wanted God, you know, to, to allow Christ to be our savior. So that all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Did you notice it said it gave us the ministry of reconciliation? That is in Christ God or Christ Jesus, I'm not sure if I maybe copied that wrong, but was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trans trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation, message of the gospel. Therefore, we are, verse 20, ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We are supposed to be ambassadors, supposed to represent the message of reconciliation. So something is not connecting well with many Christians today that we already have something we're supposed to be standing by, but instead we keep chasing all these other things. And so the people who are willing to say, no, 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 we're supposed to be ambassadors, messengers of the reconciliation of the gospel message. We're telling people about Jesus. The number one response is, well, we're not supposed to be judging people. 
we have a message. We have something. And people don't know. How are they supposed to know if we don't tell them the truth? See, persecution at this magnitude that we find in Matthew is going to come because we stood for the truth and spoke the truth. Let's take a quick break. You see, it makes me go into my mindset of thinking because in verse 12, it mentions about the prophets. And if you've made any, any time to study or have heard pastors speak about the prophets, it says in verse 12, it says, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, most people, they think of prophets, they think of like they have foretelling of the future. Okay. But prophets speak the truth. That was, it's, it's a, it's something that God has given them to speak of. And they speak the truth because God says, this is what I want you to tell my people. Those prophets spoke the truth. They came before all of Israel, the leadership or whatever. And their goal was to let them know, Hey, God said this. And because you won't repent, this is what's going to happen to you. So repent. Oh, you don't want to repent. This is what God said. If you don't do this, this is what's going to happen to you. Repent. Now, what they were doing is they were telling them the truth and there was judgment that was involved. We are given a similar responsibility as those prophets. Book of Amos is literally the prophet who told Judah and Israel of their coming judgment because they would not repent. He gave warning after warning and they ignored. Guess what? We are given the gospel message. We've been told, go make disciples, go, you know, start Judea, Jerusalem or Jerusalem, Judea, and then the world. Let them know what I am planning to do. Let them know what Christ has done for them. Because we always we always focus on the fact that God has said, you know, he sent his son, he died on the cross for our sins, but there is a judgment. That's why one of the movements in the in our church culture today is um <clears throat> Uh, no, like no hell. There's no such thing as hell. Yeah, you know, everybody will have a chance to repent in the end, and there's no hell. And and that's not biblical teaching. Okay. There is a warning. If you don't know Jesus, God's gonna say, "I don't know you." Your name's not written in the book of life. God's gonna say, "I don't know you." And in, in revelations, you know, you guys are probably 
been thinking about end time stuff because that's what you know seems to sell this point right now between Israel and Hamas. But if you go and study, the people who don't know God aren't going to be seeking him in the end times. They're going to follow that Antichrist. They're going to believe the prophet, you know, the Antichrist's prophet and the dragon and, and everything that comes, you know, from Satan. They're going to believe willy-nilly and, and just leave it. And at the end, they're, they're either going to be those that are going to be fighting and rebelling against God and raising their swords or weapons to God, and he's going to strike them down. And their bodies are going to be fed on by tons of birds. This is why Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, had stated in Isaiah 1, 18 through 20, states, Come now. Let us reason together, says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken." You see, there is a prophecy that was spoken by Isaiah of the coming Christ and the option of accepting or refusing. There, there is nothing in between. There is no balance. There is no opportunity that someone's going to have because they, oh, well, I died, Lord. You know, I know I didn't live a great life, but man, I did a lot of good. Can I come to heaven? And he's going to look at that person and say, I, I don't know you. But I did all this stuff. And he's going to say, but I gave you the opportunity several times. that My son died for you. You have to accept him. And you chose to live your life. You chose to do good things versus actually obeying, repenting, loving, loving my son for what he did for you. But Lord, I did good things. I helped people. I provided money. I gave them things. Is that not enough? Am I not a good person? But you remember the important part of that verse above. Where was it? <clears throat> I think it was in 1 Corinthians. Nope, further up. I can't remember the verse. Anyway, it says that, you know, I gave... I, I gave my son who basically knew sin, but didn't actually live it. Like he didn't do it. He knew it, but he didn't do it. So he chose to live a truthful and holy life. That means every decision that Christ did was biblical, godly, holy, and perfect. And we don't, we can't live that way. We can't be perfect as the journey of sanctification till our end. Either we die or taken up by Christ. We will make mistakes. We will fail. We will make bad choices. We will sin. We will hurt other people. We will not always be able to walk upright all the time. We're supposed to strive for it. We're supposed to live for it. 
and we're supposed to learn how to be better, how to grow in Christ, how to be more godly, how to chase after holiness. But first, I had to understand judgment. Why would I ask someone for forgiveness if I don't know that there's judgment? You see, those prophets had to speak boldly of the truth God gave them. They didn't skip out on the judgment and just talk about, oh, well, God loves you guys. You know, you, you need to repent, but God loves you guys. He told them, if you don't obey God, you don't love his commandments, you're choosing this world, you're chasing after the things that are around you, you won't repent. Repent because judgment is coming. Now, I don't expect all of us to be running around doing hellfire and brimstone on people, but if we're not telling them that, yes, God has judged us, there is judgment. But because I know Christ as my personal Savior, because I've accepted him, I know I will not be given that judgment. If you don't know Christ, you will be given that judgment. And if you've read those scriptures, you're going to be cast in with hell and death and Satan and all the other demon angels that have chose to follow Satan. And you're going to be in eternity in darkness, basically destruction of hell. Like you will be basically living that, that world of hell. There is no parties. There's no people just hanging out in the, you know, in the hot sun type deal. It is eternal death and separation from God. That is the judgment. And not saying, oh, well, we're not supposed to judge people. No, no, we don't have to judge because God has already done it. But they need to know. Because you know, like I said, we are given the Holy Spirit to give us understanding, clarity, and discernment. And a lot of us keep thinking, well, we, we can't be like those prophets. We, we're, you know, that's not, we're not prophets. We're not supposed to be doing stuff like that. We're supposed to be making disciples. We're supposed to be telling people about Jesus. And we're supposed to be baptizing them in Christ. That's not the job of the pastor only. This is what all Christians are supposed to be doing as we grow. Like we're supposed to be mature in the faith. We're supposed to be mature in our walk because someone who has, you know, a life of milk Christianity shouldn't be a pastor. But as you grow, you can still, you can tell someone about Jesus. They can accept Christ right there and you can actually go baptize. They do not need to be baptized by a pastor. I know a lot of times when we see in the New Testament, it's like, you know, it's like Paul, Stephen, and all them and all the disciples. It seems like it's always the pastor. Well, it's because that's the early church. They were the leaders, so they, they had to live by example and show what they're supposed to do. However, do you not think that the person who became the pastor of Ephesus was once just a follower who got, who decided to just kind of take more responsibility and Paul's like, Hey, you know, I'm going to be gone. There was someone that got left behind to, to teach everybody. And he took what Paul sent him in the letters and you know, say, Hey, well, Paul's really mad because you guys, you know, we, we kind of accepted this guy who's basically sleeping with his stepmom. 
and uh, shouldn't be doing that. And like, we have to confront them about it. Like, it wasn't like there was nobody in leadership and they're just sitting there, you know, waiting for Paul's letter to, you know, to be like, what's next? That's not what was going on. And I think today that's how a lot of churches, you know, Christians kind of act. It's like, well, you know, got to wait until next Sunday to learn about Jesus. And it's like, no, study, learn, get understanding, you know, listen to the sermon again from Sunday and go through the scriptures that the pastor used. Hopefully he used some, otherwise you're not going to just, his opinion is not, not just necessarily, it's not enough unless he's speaking of scripture for you to, you know, to look at, but it does make me want to think about the fact that, okay, if we're supposed to be walking with the Lord, that means when we're teaching, we're going to have people who will not like us no matter what. When we're teaching the truth, there's going to be people who are just going to come after us. Nobody likes to be told you're going to hell. Nobody wants to know that their sin is causing this type of ending to them. But when you start, talking there will be people who will attack your character who will go after you mentally emotionally will try to ruin your reputation publicly and they'll do all sorts of things remember like i said social media they'll try to do everything they can to destroy you but we have confidence in christ confidence in the holy spirit being there because i even know that someone will probably misuse something i say in the podcast because they never won they don't come and say anything to me Two, they make things public instead of actually coming to me. And three, they might want to use it just because they want to destroy that because they don't agree or they're from another belief structure that they just, they want that to be more real. But the thing is when you're teaching the truth, a lot of times you're going to have people who just don't want to deal with you. You will lose friends. You might lose family. You might lose like your job for it. You did it because you're being obedient, you're honoring God, and you're willing to serve him. And the verses that came to mind were like Psalms 20, sorry, 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? We don't have to be afraid. I tell you, Psalms 27, good chapter to memorize and learn. We have to understand that the the word fear is there's going to be times where it may feel fearful, but the Lord's our stronghold. He's our refuge. He's our rock. You know, I think of Skillet Song Refuge. Good song. Another one is Romans 8, 31 to 32. If God is for us, who can stand against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? You see, there will be people who will be against us. And and there's going to be people who are not going to want us to succeed. Like, example, wanting to find a rental house. Well, there's a lot of negative stuff out there, but I'm not getting, you know, like it's not like a house is just popping in front of me and say, hey, this is it. 
However, I got to learn to trust God that even though it just feels so frustrating that we're getting down to the wire, we can't find a place. We want to do it before the 20th so that we can let pods know what, you know, where we're going so they don't keep our stuff longer here in Texas and they can send it over to um, Georgia. Here's the thing. <laughs> I can't force it, but I have to trust God in it, right? But he will provide. Another one's 1 Corinthians 16, 13, which we should all know because it is the verses for one of the verses for this podcast. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. And we all know the next verse says, and do it all in love. You see, we have a responsibility. We're supposed to be watchful, we're supposed to stand firm in the faith and be act like men, be strong. We're supposed to be doing something, but you gotta do it by learning, right? Spending time in God's word, studying, getting like there is quite a full few uh, website tools out there. Use them. You don't understand something? Ask. Ask in the Discord group. Ask and uh, you can come and ask me directly. You can go if you have a pastor you trust very well. Ask them. The Holy Spirit will give us guidance and understanding. We are to share the gospel. We're supposed to share. The loving grace of Jesus. We're also supposed to share the judgment of not knowing Jesus. Both both are important. We will be rewarded for the persecution that we gain here. And I will tell you this, it could be to death. Or it could be people trying to destroy who you are, your character, your family, your reputation, and try to kick you out of the church, try to kick you out of the job, try to get you out of the house. I mean, like people these days, they'll do everything and anything to try to destroy you. You see, we're supposed to be bearing gospel, the message of reconciliation with the judgment and the grace. Jesus died for you. And if you're willing to repent, he's willing to take you. If you don't, you're going to go to hell. You will betray people who you said you would never betray. You will stop following God eventually. And you will only serve yourself. And if we're at the time frame where the end times will be, be coming, happening and going on, then, you know, Christ comes and grabs his bride. And those of you who don't know him are going to be stuck here. And if you still, you know, you still don't accept him as his savior, you're going to be following the Antichrist. You're going to take on the mark of the beast and you will be serving Satan. And you will, at the end, go to hell. That, that's, that's, that's the judgment. It's there, it exists, it's in scripture. You can look it up, you can study it. So don't wait. If you if you feel like you don't know Jesus as you should, and he's not your savior, you know, you've been thinking about it, don't waste any time. You know, it, his time could be tomorrow. It could be this Hamas and Israel thing could be the, the prophecy that, you know, that's in scripture. It could be the beginning of it. Or it could be not. Don't wait.
He loves you. He died for you. Repent. Accept him as your savior and watch him change you. But you got to be willing to change. Let's pray. Anyway, Father, thank you for this time. I ask you bless this. I know this was really long, but I feel like in, like all these different avenues and pieces were very important to the teaching. So I ask, Lord, that you use the, your word to impact someone's heart. That you use my words that it would just maybe say something that your Holy Spirit can clarify to people that maybe they needed for a question they had in their head. And Lord, if there's anybody who doesn't know you as your Savior, make today be the day that is their new birthday in Christ. That they will repent, get saved, allow their hearts to be changed, become that new creation. And just watch you do amazing things in their life and clean up their life and everything that they need to be taken care of. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, everyone. Gentlemen, have a good week. And I will see you hopefully next Monday. Um, God bless and take care.